Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, our production of GORCOM, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put up important news. With us today, do I got to introduce him? He's on the screen. Excited to have him back. Excited to have him back on the first interview for the company for 2022 to discuss what's going to be happening. Steve McCauley, CEO, Empire Clinics, CBDT in Canada, EPWCF in the U.S., and for our friends in Frankfurt, uh, in Europe, on Frankfurt, under 8EC. For those new to the story, and that's not going to be, uh, uh, most of you are going to be the OG stalwarts, but man, we keep bringing shareholders onto this company. Uh, from a nominal point of view, it just keeps growing rapidly. So what you need to know is Empower is an integrated healthcare company that provides body and mind wellness for patients through its clinics, digital and telemedicine care, and world-class diagnostic laboratories. More than just lip service, the company now uh, is is in the middle of expanding its nationwide clinics uh, under the Medic Collective brand. Operational now seven versus five when we spoke uh, in December. In development construction is now five. In acquisition, we're going to talk about those as eight. Uh, and a lot of openings are scheduled for January 2022 here and, and, and the next quarter, let alone the entire year. We're going to talk about that. What does that all equate to? Nine-month revenue was $3.22 million, up 1,349%. So the company is executing. Let's talk about what's happened in the last two business days. Steve, welcome back, my friend. Hey, George. Happy New Year to you and family. And uh, as always, a pleasure to be on the show and get a chance to communicate with you and, and our shareholder base. Uh, we are you know, more than excited about 2022. Uh, we've been working hard throughout the holidays, uh, as as you probably can see by some of the recent yeah. press releases. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot kind of up our sleeve for even to kick off this uh, month of January in the first quarter. So uh, really looking forward to having a good conversation about it all. Well, happy new year to you, the family, uh, the entire Empower team. And yeah, you're right. The last two business days are the days that most people expect to be a little bit chill. You know, today was the first day of 2022. December 31st was New Year's Eve. And there you are putting out two press releases in two business days. So there is no rest uh, for the Empower team. So let's kind of go through that because what I want to do is not just talk about the press releases themselves, but also talk about what that means as far as the 2022 growth plan. All right. Sure. And so, to, so I'm going to kind of go in reverse chronological. Uh, Empower Clinics uh, uh, opens its first Medi Collective in London with co-located Guardian Pharmacy. I love that. Um, and more openings in short order. Let's talk about the status, Steve, of Etobicoke, the eight via the two acquisitions, and, and how that's looking for the first quarter. Because I think we're going to have you back in Ontario. You couldn't come. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we really just felt that, you know, given the situation going on with uh, the province of Ontario and, and even the province of British Columbia, where I am, uh, over the holidays, it was uh, really prudent to stay put and, yeah. and stay, you know, kind of within our own bubble. But, you know, we, the, the team, you know, have been working tirelessly. I mean, all of the team led by Drs. Jordan and Dr. Aviv. And we're able to get the uh, London, Ontario location um, opened up. Uh, the uh, phones are open. Uh, the doctors, I believe, are uh, starting this week uh, accepting patients. And, you know, it's a great location. It's a big location. 
and uh, really will be you know, wonderful for that community. And then co-locating, bringing the, the Guardian Pharmacy in is a really nice add-on um, for you know, our patient base in that community. And also just for the, you know, the, the business model for, for us in terms of controlling our costs in the location. Uh, Etobicoke Lakeshore uh, got delayed. Uh, it really, it's just down to COVID supply chain issues. There was a couple pieces of equipment that just couldn't get in there on time. And so we pushed it back a couple of weeks. Um, I'll be meeting with the guys uh, this week to get a firm date, but uh, we think it's you know sometime, uh, not this week, but sometime next week, as far as I know. Um, but we certainly will announce that uh, when we've got it, got it firmed up. And that's gonna be such a great location. I mean, I've, I've seen images. If there's anybody who's in the Etobicoke area, you know, just take a drive by on Lakeshore there and you'll see all the signage. It's just a beautiful looking facility. And I can't wait to you know, see it in person and, and tour everybody around. But I'm sure shareholders are already doing that right now, taking video, posting pics, posting videos. So oh, yeah. if they aren't, do it for all you guys around Etobicoke. We, we know that we know there's a lot of energy around these openings. And, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that we have such a following in these communities. And I think it's a demonstration of you know, not only are people excited about what we're doing in terms of, you know, delivering or executing on our business model, but, you know, when, you know, these business units are really postcode driven, they're community driven. And when we align so closely with our pharmacy partners, it's just a great um, opportunity to serve that local community and the patients in that community. So uh, that gives us a lot of, you know, sort of, you know, I guess pride, you know, in, in what we're doing and we're, we're building something or we're investing in something that's going to bring long-term benefit to a community, but long-term benefit to our company and our shareholders um, as well. Now you did mention um, acquisitions. So we, uh, with the acquisition partners or the sellers, we'd agreed to roll this into the new year. Um, they wanted to make sure it was the most tax advantage, uh, advantageous for them as possible. And, and frankly, it was better for us with everything that was going on. Uh, and it would have uh, overly complicated uh, our audit unnecessarily. Uh, we, don't so want to do, we don't want to do that again. That's we, don't, for sure. we don't want to do that again. So um, we are uh, in real good shape with them. Uh, we, you know, are, you're onto the final stages of due diligence for each of the groups and then definitive agreements and then closing. So more to come on that uh, now that we're kind of back in business. Are you able to give uh, us a ballpark? I know you can't give us a definitive date, mm -hmm. but ballpark, we're looking at sometime in January or next few weeks in mid-February? Yeah, no, I mean, I, my current sense is that it's, it's, it's in January and That's it's really, you know, not everything's in our control because, you know, we've got an, the other parties um, that we have to uh, deal with and negotiate um, all the final terms and conditions. Uh, but both groups are excited. You remain uh, really optimistic about being part of, um, you know, the Medi Collective and part of the uh, Empower sort of umbrella. And I think we're going to see them really provide uh, great leadership, um, medical expertise, and uh, give us you know large footprint in those particular markets and, and a huge patient roster. Um, it's it's really phenomenal between the two groups. And we know with our our key six hundred thousand right? six hundred thousand for those who don't know the combined is about six hundred thousand new patients. Yeah, yeah, six hundred thousand patients in a roster uh, in in you know, two separate large communities is phenomenal. And that's just the, you know, for us, in terms of accelerating our model, we always look at um, how quickly are we growing patient roster overall? How quickly are we growing uh, medical doctor base and uh, practitioner base? Um, and, you know, we're going to turn around here, um, you know, early in 2022, and the Medi Collective is going to have over 200 staffers. 
um, just based on organic openings plus plus the two acquisitions. So, you know, we're, we're sort of really becoming a, a going concern. It's really started to really be, it's really started to become in the early stages, but you can see the behemoth starting to come. Because what I like about as a shareholder, and I'm hopefully this is what people are thinking as they're watching or listening to this, is that after you told after you open a Tobacco, that'll be eight operational. And then with these two acquisitions, fingers crossed, don't have any reason to believe they're not going to close. Once they yeah. close, whether it's 30, 45 days as matter, we jump from eight to 16. Yeah. I mean, now that's a major number, right? What well, does that it, do for the is. weight of the yeah. medical collective and what you're doing on the clinic side? Yeah. And, and that, that's, you know, we've, we've talked about it really all of 2021 that, you know, as we get through these openings, the partnerships with the, the large pharmacy groups and the independents, the, the acquisitions that we've been able to line up, it creates instant, accretive, stable, long-term uh, revenue run rate for us. So as I, if I take back of napkin right now for 2022 and you start stacking up you know, 16 active locations, um, all of a sudden this is a pretty dramatically uh, different looking company just from the revenue stream. And we're right now, we're only talking about the Medi Collective. You know, we're not talking about MediSure. We're not talking about Kai yeah. and everything else that's going on. So that's one part of the company. Yeah. When you start to stack these things on top of each other, um, this becomes really interesting. And, you know, that, so all the hard work, some of the restructuring we've been doing in 2022, some of the shift in our narrative uh, has, is all about what we're starting to feel now. You know, greatly accelerated revenue, greatly accelerated cash flow, um, and you know, big access to to growth markets in the future. And this is the acceleration phase because I I have to imagine Steve that going through this process of opening clinics is like driving a, a rig, right? First gear when you're driving a big eighteen wheeler rig, you're just you're laboring along. I mean, you're putting in all the effort, you're flooring it, and you're revving, but it, you know, it it's moving very slowly. Yeah. But now it feels like we're in second, third gear and really starting to catch momentum. And on top of that, uh, what I really like is how you're leveraging the clinics, not just to do the original plan, but you're also, you've also got MedEx Teledermatology. Sure. Which by the way, and I, obviously I have some bias because MedEx is a client, but the, as a result of what's happened with COVID, the backlog to see a dermatologist is now two years. Yeah. Talk to me about how just that alone could be a, a great revenue center and a great driver of patients into the Medi Collective, just because I can get my teenage son looked at right now with the scope where I have to wait, God forbid, yeah. a year or two years. Yeah, I mean, we yeah we really like the model that we're putting together. So you know, if you got if you look at it as we've got uh, medical doctors providing primary care services. We link that in with uh, bringing in specialty uh, paramedical services. And then we have this carve out in our footprint for specialty. And we, we've, you know, we've got this, the pilot that's commenced with uh, MedEx Health on teledermatology. We really like cardiology. We really like nephrology as this building of a hub and spoke model. This is what we're going to, we're going to talk about more and more and more as a theme uh, with the hubs being the specialty service like a, a teledermatology or a cardiology center or whatever it might be. And the spokes are all of those TMC locations, wherever they may be. And we use technology and we use telemedicine and we use the latest 
um, medical device products like the teledermatology scanner um, or um, halter devices for cardiology or EKGs and ECGs. So there's so many ways that we begin to leverage these TMC locations. It's never been let's about- not forget about. Let's not forget about Kai's specimen collection. Oh, I mean- Diabetic yeah. management. It's okay, almost well, like you're creating the Gillette even though you know, I'm saying tongue in cheek, the razor blade models, kind of like you're building these clinics, but you just have all these different services inside that you can just provide over and over and over again to families. Yeah, I mean, we, we again, always, them. if you, it's honestly, you, you take, take the back of the napkin and if you're trying to pencil together a business model that's going to be accretive and you have divisions um, that do different things, but then you, if you take a step back in what we're doing and you, you take a snapshot and you go, oh, well, I've got, medical centers on one side, I've got uh, R&D and scientists through Kai Medical on the other side for product development. We've got a medical device company now and absolutely all of those cross populate and help each other. And we have this baseline always of our pharmacy partners and how we're leveraging the partnerships on the Medi Collective, on Kai Medical and its products and on the medical device companies. And it's just a nice formula for long-term repeatable revenues and cash flows um, that I think, you know, we're going to be a growth engine for, you know, a, a long while to come. Um, but I see five well, years of runway. I don't see how you don't. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's, and only then because you can't see beyond five years, but yeah. I just don't see how you stop growing for the next five years on all those fronts. No, because we're, we're building a basis upon which to scale. And, you know, if you rewind, you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, you know, we're so fundamentally different um, that, uh, you know, in fact, I'll give, I'll give you an anecdote. This is very funny. So today is January 4th. Um, I took over this company on January 4th, three years ago. Happy anniversary. So happy anniversary uh, for, for all of us and our shareholders. Um, again, it's a fundamentally different business platform uh, than we were before, and, but we've got a really scalable formula um, that is starting to really prove itself out, and it will now materialize in such a significant manner through the financial statements uh, because of all the work and the investment that we've put in, not only in money, but in time and in uh, people and leadership at all levels. By the way, I got to tell people, and I know we've got a lot of OG investors on here that have been around for <laughs> a year and a half or two years, but not very many people have been here for three from the from the time you took over. Yeah. And guys, I'm going to tell you just as, as a, not because I don't need, I don't have to, you know, we have great interviews, so I don't have to say anything great. But what I'm blown away by is what you've done in three years when you inherited a disaster, a mess. We're not going to talk about it. That's well in the, in the past, but what that signals to me is for everybody home is Steve and the entire team were able to take that disaster of a mess three years ago, they inherited, put it in this position today, scraping, scratching, you know, all you just have to extrapolate the next three years. You've got resources, you've got brand, you've got products, you've got clinics rolling out. You're going to have cash flow rolling in. Mm -hmm. uh, financing is readily available to you whenever you need it. If you extrapolate where the company was three years ago and do that again by that magnitude, we have an unbelievable, an unbelievable story in the next three years. Yeah, thank you for that. And 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 we we all agree. And I've 
I, I count myself fortunate to continue to be surrounded by just incredible team members and staffers across all divisions, leadership, uh, middle management, you know, hourly workers, whatever the case may be. And, you know, it's a motivated crew um, who have belief in the work that they're doing within their division, but they also have belief in the overall public company vision, uh, our healthcare model that we're delivering. They enjoy the segment that we're in. Everybody consistently to a person believes we're in the right segment, serving the markets uh, that we serve, uh, always recognizing that we have so much opportunity to grow even beyond where we are right now. And so our theme at all levels continues to be execution and uh, culture. It's happening. It's and, happening. And, and, and it, you know what? It is happening, George. That's the, yeah, the you're not to thing. talk on the walk. You're walking. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that, you know, no matter what's happening out there in markets or sentiment, I can attest to how hard uh, everybody is, uh, uh, how hard everybody is working and uh, at end always looking to you know, work smarter along the way. So find productivity, find, find efficiencies, find ways to leverage each other's strengths in our organizational development. And, and we still have gaps, you know, we're, we're a, a developing company. Uh, but if you looked at where we were a year ago and I, I said, if I, you know, how many gaps have we filled in 12 months? Well, it's, it's pretty darn phenomenal. And, and, uh, and gaps come, let, let me tell you something. I had a really big conversation with somebody yesterday who services enterprise level clients. And I was shocked at the gaps that they still have. You just presume that the biggest companies in the world have all the resources, they have all the money, they, they got gaps. So sure. that actually made me feel better as a Gorecom because I've always feel like, how come I can't close every gap? So if you've got some, Steve, that's yeah. fine. You know, just the fact that you know that they're there is what's important. You're totally right. And it's really just about attitude and also, yeah. you know, uh, prioritizing uh, and working within your means, right? I mean, you know, we 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 all have budgets to work with. We don't have endless capital, uh, so we have to uh, always, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but you know, I think, you know, overall, looking back, I think, you know, we we've done a a pretty a pretty nice job um, over the year. And uh, again, I think, you know, we've got a stage set, you know, for 2022. And I I hope that everybody just based on how the recent run of announcements have come, you can see how this, this momentum is really, you know, it's, it's pretty palpable right now. It's very tangible. Uh, last question on the clinic side. Yeah. Um, last we spoke, you had about in addition to, so in addition to the eight that are going to be operational any day now, the eight that are going to come in, that's 16, um, five that are in development. So I'll take you to 21. They're also, uh, you had a pipeline, uh, about 21, the pipeline. Yeah. Are you able to tell us how that pipeline is looking? But more importantly, how's 2022 look for the clinic side in terms of, do you foresee any letdown, any gaps in, in development where you, you might have to slow down? Or is it just now full force ahead in Canada? And then let's touch a little bit on the U.S. and your plans sure. there. Yeah, clear. so the, the components uh, of, the, of the pipeline, active acquisitions, you know, in, in negotiation or, or lease negotiation or, or pre-construction, and then just the pipeline of other targets around the country um, it is all still right on. It's all valid. Um, the pipeline for us uh, just continues to get larger um, as, as, as the MediCollective brand and Empower uh, continue to increase its national visibility, we get many, many more inbound requests from 
all over the country from far east coast to far west coast in British Columbia and everything in between, um, we've got opportunities. So we'll be meeting again um, with uh, the doctors, Drs. Uh, Jordan and Dr. Aviv uh, this week, in fact. Um, it's actually on the calendar, I believe, Thursday, which is a pipeline review. Um, I'd ask them in December, and particularly late December, stay laser focused on getting the TMC locations opened and operational that we had in our pipeline. Um, any acquisition conversations, right. roll them over to the new year because we can't have anybody distracted. It's tough out there uh, with construction. It's tough out there with building permits. Um, you know, it's uh, all the COVID related supply chain issues, uh, both uh, supplies and people are real. And so the fact that they can even get these locations up and running in such a tough operational climate is quite a testament in my mind. I got to tell you, I was thinking the same thing when I was saying, man, you know, you guys are not slowing down in terms of people because I, it, you could have easily have told the market, Hey guys, we got four locations ready to open. We just can't find people. And that's because of nobody, everyone's having trouble finding people yeah. and yet knock on wood, you haven't run to that problem yet, but Man, even if your pipeline stays at 21, and I'm presuming it's going to grow throughout 2022, you're talking about 42 locations. Uh, yeah, that's pretty full, significant. Full crank, back of the napkin math, I won't do it, but everyone at home should be doing that back napkin math. That's a pretty big number. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. And, um, you know, but we, we've been fortunate to be able to have the, you know, cash and capital runway to invest, um, you know, in the Medi Collective brand and these initiatives with our pharmacy partners, whatever they may be, and, and get, get this, you know, get this brand really, you know, you know, heating up and going. And, uh, you know, everybody always likes things to go faster. Uh, I think, again, as I look back, given the, given the operating climate, I think the team have done uh, a very, a very uh, commendable job in working through tough times, even to get the openings uh, done that we did. And when you look at locations like London, Ontario, and you look at Etobicoke Lakeshore uh, and see how significant they are and how beautiful they are and how well equipped they are, um, and the quality of staff and medical doctors to staffers and support people. Uh, you know, it, it's really, again, uh, I'm very proud um, of the team um, of what they've accomplished so far. But they're highly motivated to continue to deliver now further in 2022. And by the way, you didn't mention it. So I do want to bring that in before we hop on to uh, MetaSure. Some, some investors have been asking, how's the balance sheet look? How's the cash position look? Do you have access to cash if you need it without being too dilutive? I mean, you always have some sure. dilution that it is the yeah. way it is, but if you can, how's, how does, how's the company's balance sheet or prospective balance sheet looking? Yeah, no, we're, we're in good shape. And, you know, we, one of the things that I've really started working hard on, you know, really going back even more than 18 months ago, uh, even when, you know, we were languishing at, you know, three or four cents a share was uh, daily liquidity. And, you know, a, a lot of times you see companies that for whatever reason just can't figure out liquidity. And in the absence of liquidity, you know, you're just not going to have sustained share price movement. And so that's something that we've been able to maintain uh, through 2020, 2021. And, you know, our daily, our daily liquidity um, is, is still very strong. And so what that means is access to capital is much easier when needed when you've got strong daily liquidity. So, you know, we, we certainly feel bullish on our ability 
to you know continue to you know have a balance sheet that's you know sustainable for us. Um, and then the other thing that you have to keep in mind, we've got outbound you know investment right now, and you know capex for the clinics, getting people on board. You know then we get into the billing cycle, and um, we've got you know cash coming back in. You know so there's a little bit of cash out time. Uh, but it doesn't take very long for the cash now to start to reverse itself and start to come back into us. And in some cases, we've also got tenants improvement allowances, uh, subsidies from pharmacy partners, where that actually generates an inflow of cash while we're doing the development. So, you know, we're looking at ways to always reduce our costs, control our cash flow, the cash out. Um, but it's inevitable you have to invest in order to get to a position where you can have cash come back in and get the return. I'll tell you why I have an I have an asset in the past, and a couple of people have said, "Hey, how come George didn't ask it?" Is because when you started talking about U.S. expansion for the clinics, uh, sometime in November, I think, and you think you've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah, I said I just it was automatic for me. I was saying, "Okay, Steve isn't going to talk about expansion to the U.S. unless he knows you got access to capital, because you can't just go boil you can't just boil uh, boil the ocean." No. No, right. It's, so it's, too, I, I, it's too big, too big. So is this the year that the U.S. you've been you mentioned strongly a couple of times? You still confident that whatever's happening in Canada is going to is off and running on its own, but the U.S. is is still. Yeah, we we absolutely um, are uh, committed to turning our attention to the U.S. There's just so much opportunity in healthcare there. Uh, there's so much opportunity with our other divisions. You know, we we want to see Medisure and its products get seek FDA approval. Uh, we brought you know Kai Care products to Canada. Uh, again, we we see this as a North American wide play at this point in time uh, because there's so much opportunity for growth. You've, you've got a very frag, still a very fragmented market. Uh, the U.S. healthcare market is uh, complex, diverse, uh, enormous, and uh, it's it's a strong sector and will remain a strong sector, uh, especially given the. Uh, tremendous investment by uh, the current administration uh, in the U.S. Uh, for healthcare and and the you know health and well-being of all of its citizens. And and it'd be easy for anyone, any other CEO, you know, George of Georgecom widgets. The U.S. is a big market. We want to go after it. But the fact of the matter is, your pedigree, Steve, is you don't know how to play small ball. I mean, you had to play small ball for a couple of years and inheriting what you inherited, get it to this stage, but. You know your pedigree for people who don't know you or maybe don't know you as well as a lot of shareholders do is you only you only play for the big game oh yeah we have we have to and uh, i think our long-term shareholder value um, improves by leveraging our uh, capability to work both in the united states and in canada you know you got to remember the history of this company it started with u.s clinic assets and, uh, and, you know, we've got a very important division in Kai Medical out of Dallas, Texas. You know, we're, we're by no means losing sight of the U.S. markets. Uh, we, what, we had to focus on the investment we made in uh, launching uh, the MediCollector brand in Canada, but it is always intended to be uh, a North America-wide brand, uh, you know, the, the MediCollective itself, and whatever derivatives of the MediCollective that we decide to create or expand into. Uh, let's talk about MetaSure. Uh, and uh, the quote from the from the press release today that uh, says, MetaSure has made, this is your quote, has made immense progress since joining Empower. Through the capacity and leadership of our team, they've been able to double down on their sales, increase their research and development, and most importantly, expand their ability 
to provide affordable and quality health management solutions. That tells me that not tells me, but that just reinforces what you said from the beginning. You weren't just buying MetaSure for the nice, you know, compact little company it was with some mm -hmm. nice revenue number. You had always told shareholders that you were buying it to leverage its distribution and its licensing and it's all that. And today we see that you got uh, licenses for two new best-in-class products, blood glucose and vitamin D rapid test. And 10 days ago, whatever it was, I, I tried to take the holidays. You wouldn't let us take any time off. <laughs> uh, submitted for the uh, rapid antigen health Canada test. Yeah. So are we seeing uh, are, are we seeing that come to fruition now? Are you confident now? And sh shareholders now have the uh, anecdotal evidence that in fact, you're looking to really blow out MetaSure now way beyond uh, what it was into its full capabilities? Yeah. <laughs> With MetaSure, um, you know, I was always confident in their ability to expand, reshape themselves, you know, right from the beginning. You know, when we were going through due diligence, we were looking at the company, um, you know, what its strengths were, uh, what its development requirements were, what its capital requirements might be. Um, it, was, it was exciting for me to say to ourselves inside that they've got something here. You know, they have had a 0.5 market share in blood, uh, in BGMs, blood glucose monitor monitoring systems, which is a negligible, you know, market share in Canada. So you've got nothing but kind of upside and opportunity within that segment. But as you get to know Mario Cortis and his team and the way they think and the way they operate and, and really deep inside their incredible technical capability with the regulatory requirements of a medical device company, they had something that we did not have in Canada and I knew we needed it in Canada. If we wanted to bring Kai Care products to Canada or other types of test products to Canada, you've got to be an expert in how to navigate and operate the Health Canada environment. They also had warehousing. They also have uh, packaging and distribution capability, 3PL capabilities. So all of a sudden, we kind of get a turnkey distribution center for Canada by virtue of this acquisition. So the diversification plan was there from the beginning. What we're seeing- and now we're seeing it. Yeah, what we're seeing is Mario and his team demonstrate how darn good they actually are. Um, the potential that was inside them when they have greater access to capital and a little bit of freedom and a bit more encouragement to say, you know, go for it. Like we'll support your cash flow, but go for it. And lo and behold, they turn around and, and their fourth quarter numbers were just outstanding. Um, as we, we, we had budgets established uh, and these guys are uh, tremendously focused on KPIs and budgets, um, really, you know, best in class. And, you know, they were just beating those month in, month out. And so with these announcements that came, I actually was not anticipating these to be delivered until the first quarter. And, you know, Mario called me and, and really, uh, you know, surprised us by getting this done faster than we even anticipated. So having not only securing the uh, distribution rights, uh, manufacturing of the rapid antigen tests, um, and, and all the packaging design is already done. 
that the full Health Canada submission is in. And getting it done before the holidays was a, a really big accomplishment. It really just speeds up the whole, the whole uh, process. And, you, and your team, as great as they are, could never have done that without having the MetaSure expertise, right? If no, you no, not at all. Not at all. What we've done in Canada um, after MetaSure uh, acquisition closed is we began to integrate with them and we transitioned all of our Health Canada work to the MetaSure team on behalf of all divisions. And uh, we've actually changed our addresses of record related to that. Uh, so the Health Canada records for all of our divisions in Canada is the Ajax location in Ontario. And uh, they've got team members who are just absolute Health Canada experts. Now, moving to the new products. So we'd always planned uh, with Mario and team to invest in new and improved uh, diabetes-based products. So the, what that means is we have the new uh, MetaSure Empower blood glucose monitor that's state-of-the-art, Bluetooth-enabled, um, and just a better product. And we expect to get that on the shelves um, of our pharmacy partners. Um, and they uh, anticipate that's going to be commercialized in uh, toward the end of the first quarter. The other thing that we always knew that we would do is leverage their medical device expertise to diversify their product offerings. It helps de-risk that division for the future so you're not dependent on one channel. Um, and if they have the capability, then find product sets that um, they can handle. It shouldn't be often some incredible tangent, but stuff they can really handle. One of the ones that was identified early in the due diligence phase pre-acquisition was uh, this vitamin D test that they could bring to market. So again, in both cases for the BGM and for the new vitamin D test, they need to, you need to put it onto an MDAL license. So the medical device establishment license, and they have multiple of those licenses. So the BGM is a class three, the vitamin test is a class two. They expect the vitamin D test to be commercialized by the end of the first quarter. And I've already been having discussions on the vitamin D test product with all of our pharmacy partners, whether it's- And I was about to say or, that, that's yeah. where you supercharge them because you, you need, they needed you, you needed them. It just seems like a perfect fit where you're able yeah. to just increase distribution with a phone call. Well, that's, that's correct. And it literally is a phone call um, with, with all these big brands. Because we've worked you know, uh, a year to establish really tight working relationships with the executive uh, and management teams of all of these brands. Um, we know that they want a product like vitamin D tests because they know that their customers in their pharmacies, if they don't know that they're vitamin D deficient, they are not likely to buy their vitamin D products. And the pharmacy partners want to sell more supplements. Um, so we, our role is to bring the uh, high quality, uh, reasonably priced test products that can be distributed through these channels, these many tens of thousands of pharmacies across the country. And uh, I think it's a great product. Um, the packaging looks tremendous. And then we'll, we'll preview that uh, in, in short order. And, um, you know, again, we it hope to have that increasing, it mm -hmm. Empowering is increasingly becoming a trusted name Correct. with these big pharmacy brands. And we, we know what you do with Rexall. The London store was done with, with uh, Guardian. Yeah. So it's, you're just, your rep is <clears> developing with the biggest distribution on, on multiple levels, on clinics, on medical devices. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, this well, that's why is at the, beginning, the best acquisitions I've ever seen in the small cap space in terms of. Yeah, thank you. Leverage. Thank you. You know, the, as I, as I, as myself and my team were looking at 
opportunities, we're always trying to determine, um, is there increased scalability with that acquisition? Can it be something more than it is right now? And, and take you know, $2 million in revenue and turn it into $10 million of revenue, turn that into $20 million of revenue and so on and so forth. And I hope everybody sees that now with these very recent announcements, there, there is a game plan at work here. You know, there's a methodology at work. There's a, a method to our madness. Um, and, and again, hopefully, you know, everybody can see this now really becoming tangible and materializing and how that translates into fresh revenue and free cash flow in the future and a much more diversified, de-risked healthcare entity. Yeah, and, and a faster healthcare entity because you have all these built-in components now that allow you to get licensing, distribution, warehousing. Just uh, I, yeah. I look at this acquisition, and again, not for hyperbole, but I remember when uh, Google bought YouTube, right? And I remember at, at first I didn't see it. I go, that's just a bunch of videos. And then you start seeing Google's plan really unveil as to why they made that acquisition. And obviously not the same on a scale point of view, but it's amazing now how to see how to, to see that MediSure wasn't acquired just for some nice medical devices and, a, and, yeah. and some nice yeah. revenue. There's a much bigger purpose and we're seeing it. So that's awesome. Well, it is. And, and you know, I, I hope everybody uh, can sort of read or feel my excitement over the MediSure brand. If, if, if people look back on it and, and maybe we're a little bit sort of you know, the, you know, passe on uh, this particular acquisition. Why did we do it? Did we pay too much money? You know, all those sorts of, uh, you know, comments is I hope that everybody now kind of understands that in less than six months where we have taken MediSure and um, it's going to be a very interesting brand. Uh, and again, this is not just about Canada because one of the initiatives for uh, the MediSure team is to start seeking FDA approval for their various products also. Well, and Steve, I, I wanna end off with this, which is you, you wouldn't be the CEO and getting paid the big bucks if the acquisition you're making were obvious to all of us, right? The idea is leadership, but all kidding aside, tongue in cheek, you know, all kidding aside though, that's the job of great leadership seeing the opportunity where other people just don't see it, right? And even guys like me sometimes saying, I wonder why they did that. Ah, now I see. So yeah. I think it's uh, it's just a credit to your leadership to be able to see the bigger picture when MediSure was available to a lot of people, right? I'm sure, sure. MediSure could add a lot of suitors if they came knocking and they probably would have been open and amenable to it. But people just saw MediSure for what it was. You yeah. saw MediSure for what it could be and how it could fit into the enterprise. Well, correct. And then the other thing, you know, along with that, you know, is as we got to know the people at MediSure, yeah, great. the leadership at MediSure, the maturity, the business acumen, um, really what it needed was a little bit of super, you know, supercharging from us, access to more working capital, um, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of pushing, you know, from me uh, around vision. And, and well, really, says you push <laughs> and, and really around motivation and then frankly, get out of their way because they're so competent and they're so capable. And I, I really like what they're doing. And I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing in thousands of pharmacies and in all our neighborhoods, a multitude of MediSure branded uh, products. 
from diabetes to testing to you know other products that may come along because it's a trademark name it, you know it's our ip uh it really stands for something uh and for we sure. just need more consumers uh and pharmacies to uh, be aware of the brand and, and, and really what it stands for and last but not least on that same uh the breadth there kai labs when you bought kai labs in the fourth quarter of 2020 uh it came out of the gates flying uh with some great contracts yeah. and then you know had i think we all agree a bit of a didn't live up to expectations for for part of 2021 for a big part of 2021 but yeah. then you announced near the end of the year i'm going to remind everybody empower kai medical lab secures covid 19 testing contract for large game event in los angeles to provide uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. I'm sorry okay. to provide over 6,000 rapid antigen and PCR COVID-19 tests. Uh, at the time, uh, there are some people asking, well, is that what they might be able to get to? Is that they think it might be a, the high side of the potential? How, I know you can't give us specifics, but how did that turn out? And more importantly, how's that an indication of now that Kai is also on the right path after you had to work out some things there. Yeah, and 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 you're right. We we went through a lull. Um, I think a, a little bit of it was um, as the if you recall, we we tripled the size of the labs. We invested in that. It was important to do that to be able to really do have any kind of long term sustained growth. Uh, so that took some time and distraction away during the summer months. We saw some of the U.S. markets. Uh, sort of soften as related to COVID testing. And uh, so I think, you know, Kai was kind of uh, caught up in that also. And I, I think that, you know, uh, Kai, you, you know, just could have done more. They could have, you know, performed better than they did. Um, we, we worked it out. We had a lot of conversations. Uh, we made sure that we started hiring additional resources to support some of their gaps. Uh, we've got a, a really great business development person on the ground now hired and working. And that Las Vegas contract was interesting because I think what it did for them was it really showed Kai themselves that they can do this. They can play in a big stage. Um, that was a bid situation. They were bidding against, I think it was three or four other um, outfits for the business, but they won. They put their best foot forward. They demonstrated um, that they could do it. And when they went there, all hands on deck, some days they were working you know, 18 hours a day uh, because the testing was happening morning, kind of noon and night. And uh, they got it done. The, the final count, I don't know, but it was, it was if it was 6,000 or, or slightly less, it was, it was pretty darn close. And, um, so and you, they also you got created- there, it's a big revenue, by the way. That's a big piece of revenue adds a, a quarter. Really, really big piece of revenue, and and uh, importantly as well, um, it was it was good, high quality, profitable revenue, uh, which is great to see. So again, that's you know you know real uh, kind of you know kudos to uh, Yoshi Tyler and her team because uh, I know behind the scenes how hard they were working on it. Um, I had visibility to it um, for sign off, and I again I just think that. You know, I'm so proud of that work that they did, but more importantly, I think they they demonstrated for themselves that they deserve to be in these big contracts. And when I look at their pipeline now, I can see that the pipeline is bigger, it's deeper, it's bigger names, and um, they're at the table on on these transactions. And I fully anticipate um, that they'll keep this momentum going. And you've got someone there to close it. 
to close those, right? Because that was the one thing that was kind of lacking. I think you thought that the Kai team could close uh, and realize maybe they that wasn't their strength. So you brought in yeah. people or a team or a person that can. So maybe speak to yeah, that. Yeah, and that's that's exactly that's it. So I mean, yeah, I mean the business, the pure business development sales. You know, I consider them a product and service company first. Their R and D, which I, I do want to talk about, um, you know, is outstanding. They've got a, a great team of molecular scientists. Um, they're very creative. They're they're really working on some very interesting uh, new products um, that we'll be updating the market on, you know, in the not too distant future. Uh, and these are, you know, U.S. based, FDA approved type products um, that, again, will de-risk the Kai business model from simply. And Steve, sorry, we lost you there. Technical glitch. My one of my favorite action movies in 1994 was True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the battery died on the on the terrorist who was filming the terrorist message. So your battery died there for a second. That's okay. Exactly. You're talking about you're on the note about de-risking Kai. Continue with that. Yeah. Um, so the, the concept, like we talked about with Metashore, you know, de-risking sort of that singular product focus. Same thing with Kai Medical. Is you know we have to anticipate a time when COVID testing volumes may not be around in the future. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't think that way and plan that way. So Yoshi and her team of scientists have been working very hard on bringing their new types of test products to market. And they have a great pipeline, uh, starting with uh, you know, blood spot based testing, but think um, you know, female health, men's health, disease states that can be director consumer uh, tests, at home tests, uh, that uh, consumers could order off the kitests.com website uh, and, again, uh, in partnership with pharmacies, where they can be made available on the shelves of pharmacies in the communities, you know, uh, where people live and work. So same sort of uh, playbook here, diversification, de-risk, other growth channels um, for, at this stage, the FDA-approved markets for Kai Medical, and then we'll see you know, how that expands beyond the U.S. borders um, later in the year. The amazing thing is if almost any other small cap company just had one of these things happening, either the clinics or Metasure or Kai, which would be more grassroots, but very, very promising. And mm -hmm. those would be company makers or potential company makers on their own. And you've got all three under one umbrella. So with that, is as... What's your vision for 2022? And I'm not talking about specific terms of revenues and things like that, but yeah, you have any doubt you never have had, but you always think 12, 18 months ahead. You're never in today. Mm -hmm. Where are we a year from now? A year from now? Oh, goodness me. Well, you know, we've, <clears throat> we've just brought on Jennifer Archibald, our, our new CFO. Um, she uh, got thrown in the deep end right away. Um, but she's incredibly capable. Um, it's one of those big gaps that we have. And um, we really had a very, uh, you know, uh, disciplined, detailed search uh, process. Uh, and, and Jennifer's just going to be a great teammate um, for myself and, and everybody else and, and a great, wonderful leader. And so I think having these high quality leaders in place to help support our divisions um, mentor our divisions, run our finance organizations, are is going to be a key differentiator for us to deliver upon the opportunities within all of the divisions, plus enable us to really 
turn our attention to you know even bigger you know M&A opportunities uh, within the divisions or or perhaps even diversification. So more to come on some organizational structural changes to help support that. But end of 2022 is the look back at a year from today is we we have um, <clears throat> however many TMC clinics going uh, in Canada fully operational, you know, and it's always in various rolling stages. Um, but, you know, we're going to have you know, a lot of them. Uh, I would anticipate TMC is going to be, um, the brand will be in the U.S. Um, uh, within a year from now. I would anticipate that Metasure is going to be a really interesting uh, company uh, in Canada in 2022. And I would anticipate that we're going to see Metasure products uh, into the U.S. with FDA approvals. Um, I don't know which ones and, and what categories. Uh, and then with Kai, you know, Kai are just going to continue to be a great uh, R&D center, bringing new products to market. Uh, we should see them having, you know, a lot of new products uh, available on their website and in distribution partnership with pharmacies. And then on the M&A side, you know, time will tell. Um, I would expect um, that we, we have a different ticker symbol uh, this time next year. Um, I can't tell you what that is, um, but I, I think that we, we want to see that change in the future. And the concept of uplisting, uh, I think it's in the cards for us. Uh, you know, we don't know what markets are going to look like, you know, throughout the year, uh, but we certainly are doing the groundwork, um, as we've talked about before, to be ready for the concept of uplisting. And again, going back to Jennifer, uh, you know, she's a key integral piece. Uh, for the concept of uplisting, because she's been a CFO of a NASDAQ listed company. Uh, she knows how to work with New York and to work with uh, across, you know, uh, the U.S. and Canadian markets. So, you know, uh, getting that strategic, you know, role filled by someone who's done it before uh, was really important to me. So, you know, there's a reason why exciting. that was in the headline when she was hired. So I, 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 th I think we're all kind of assume that's that's where you want to go. Yeah, so, ab absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, would I be overstating it if I thought that my personal opinion is that a year from now, Empire's gone through a complete, and I mean, this inflection point just gets blown out the door, and you know, you're a massive. I don't want to say massive, but you're big juggernaut of revenue, clinics, products, all of it's just accelerating. Going back to my eighteen wheeler rig. Yeah, you know, where you're now in upper gears and you're ex even even accelerating faster into a. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, it, it really, you know, our goal through this journey um, is to operate, you know, with high standards, with high expectations of performance across all aspects of the division. High extent, uh, you know, personally, high expectations of myself for performance uh, in support of shareholders and, um, and, and the great shareholder base that we have, you know, uh, supporting our efforts um, uh, in our narrative to support liquidity um, uh, for, you know, all the obvious reasons. And I think the other thing that's happening with us is, you know, some of the shareholder base from the very beginning has just completely turned over. Um, there's probably been shareholders oh. this year that have turned over. And I think we'll have a whole new crop of uh, shareholders come through the story because we'll keep telling the story. And we'll keep using, you know, forums like Agoracom to help communicate, you know, broadly, communicate with as much transparency as we can. You know, we at the the more visibility we get, um, the more careful we have to be with the concepts of guidance 
and pro providing guidance. You know, we, we must be, continue to be more and more disciplined so that if we we're to uplist to a market like NASDAQ, we've got to look like, feel like, operate like that today before we get there. And uh, that's really kind of a mantra behind the scenes uh, with what we're doing. And that, that really is reflected in the type of organizational development that is going on as we build our brands and our division's brands um, and build the culture you know, of, of Empower Clinics. Steve, I, for one, I've, I've been around long enough in this business, 25 years this April, to be able to know pretty good level of you know, certainty what's real and what's not. And uh, this is as real as it gets. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about acting like a NASDAQ company today to be on the NASDAQ in the future, we don't know when, but I fully believe that's where Empower is going to be. I think it's going to have the business fundamentals behind it. It's And it's going to be exciting to watch. And I love the fact that you always, given how busy your schedule is, I think this, this is running close to an hour. Um, but to take the time to be transparent, to really explain to everybody is amazing. And I think that's why you have such great success with shareholders. It's not a perfect ride, right? No business, like, you know, people think everything goes like that, but the fact no, of the matter it does is, not. it does this, and then gets up to here, but you're getting there. I'm excited for you, and thanks so much for taking up this time. Yeah, thank you, George. Yeah, I, I really appreciate um, your time as well. You know, it's it's just so important to me to always try to communicate. Uh, it's why I try to shoot so many videos. Uh, you know, our business model has evolved, and it's changed, and People who have been with the journey are you know, probably getting it. But if you're a new investor or a potential investor who's coming in today as a snapshot in time, you, know, you would have no way of knowing kind of what's going on. So it's these types of interview sessions that allow us in this long form to really dive into the business model uh, and explain kind of how we got here, what does it look like today, snapshot in time, but most importantly, where is the journey going? And, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll keep consistent in these formats, sometimes long format, sometimes short format um, as appropriate. And, you know, again, I wish all of our shareholders and followers a, a very happy new year, um, a healthy new year, a successful new year. And I want to continue to thank you for um, staying with us on the journey, uh, even though some of the uh, days feel like rocky days. Um, we're still building a business here. Um, and it, it is solid, it is tangible, it is real. Um, and I, I hope that, you know, everybody will continue to kind of follow the story, share the story um, with, with other, others out there. And uh, uh, again, just a big thank you to all of our supporters. Likewise, Steve, I think I'll be, I speak on behalf of everyone when, when we say Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Looking forward to great 2022. And I know you're going to be back on sometime in January. I don't know for a fact but it just feels like it between Etobicoke opening, possibly the, the acquisitions closing. There yeah. seems like just going to be too much going on. But until then, my friend, thank you. Go rest your voice. Go take a bit of a break. Have a great day. And we'll see you next time, my friend. Thank you. To everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Steve McCauley, CEO of Empower Clinics, CBDT in Canada. EPWCF in the U.S. and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 8EC. Thanks for joining us. Do your due diligence. Hopefully discovered your next great small cap healthcare company for all these, all those who are new to the story, but for all the OGs out there, for everyone who's been with us for all this time, hopefully you've, you're reinvigorated and you see exactly where the company's going. 
and energized and excited to see where the company's going because I am and I hope you are too. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel and never missing another great Agoracom small cap video.